This is Vince McCauley. This is Coach Creon of the Surrey Scorchers. This is Scott Melvin, CEO and co-founder of Buzz16. This is Rodney Glasgow for the Sheffield Sharks. This is Kennedy Leonard from the London Lions. And you're now listening. And you're listening. And you're listening. And you're listening. To the BBL Show. To the BBL Show. To the BBL Show. To the BBL Show. Enjoy the BBL Show. Oh, it's love straight to What a season finale. Leicester Riders do the treble. How about that, Mr. Lasker? Wow. What a day for British basketball. Going down to the wire, final possession. I mean, I didn't see that coming, but I saw the Leicester Riders coming. They've been coming all year. So congratulations to that organization. Just um, They've been leading from the front since the very beginning of the season. Yeah, absolutely. So, what they a day, have man. deserved all the plaudits. But welcome to the season finale of the BBL show. We are your hosts, Jay Marriott and Drew Lasker. We hear playoff final thoughts from Kieran Achara, Matthew, Brian, and Manning, as well as our own closing remarks. But first, let's catch up on the final week of the season. It's the Marriott Minute. Okay, let's start with the exciting news that coach Mark Stutel will be taking the helm up north for the Newcastle Eagles. The interim GB head coach takes over, in his own words, at the perfect time. We know he's a big fan of the show, and we are a big fan of him. So, Coach, good luck. Moulton, BBL Team of the Year, was released. We'll touch on that later. But let's get the thoughts of Antonio Booman Williams, who said, yeah, I'm just going to go back to sleep. We also saw the general step back on the throne to become two-time BBL MVP. Well done, the general. Sheffield Sharks get their first man on board, re-signing Rodney Glasgow Jr. Lethal Bizzle rubber-stamped the finals by saying it was no different to an NBA game and that we need to get behind British basketball. That will definitely help the follow count, that's for sure. Talking of finals, congratulations to the London Lions women's team and the Leicester Riders as they take the trophies home. Coach Mark Clark and the Lions complete a remarkable unbeaten season with a clean sweep, whilst Coach Robbie P and his Riders do the treble. Two incredible teams with Lions floor leader Kennedy Leonard and Riders point guard Gino Crandell taking the MVP spoils. The good news never ends with news that Buzz16 and Sky Sports have signed on for another season. Great news for British basketball. Terrible for Mr. Lasker's pockets as he has to keep updating that wardrobe and his kicks game. 
And then lastly, congratulations to Mr. Lasker himself as he wins season two predictions to tie the series with myself. Well done, sir. But should he renounce his victory after being caught on camera with a basketball nutmeg by big man Kieran Achara, and in Kieran's own words, disgusting. And that's this week's Marriott Minute. I'm always watching. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Good stuff, man. That was a great minute. And shout out to Buzz. I actually messaged the producer when I saw that VT because I couldn't believe that they had caught it because it was before the game. And I didn't know that the cameras are always recording and so that was a lesson learned right there and um it just verified for me of why i retire because if i'm getting crossed up by karen achar then there's no way that i can handle any of these guards in the bbl so that was a great decision by me (laughs) we move along let's get right into it got an opportunity to check in during both of these games because yourself jay was missing in action so i took over your duties for you and um we'll get that in the alaska look back what's up ladies and gentlemen we're checking in just completed our first game the london lions defeated seven oaks to get the all clean sweep the first in women's basketball just an exciting competitive game and the atmosphere is bananas is packed here to the rim and of course Kennedy Leonard who's right behind us walks away with the MVP but it could have been anybody on this team just a total team effort and that's the epitome of the London Lions all season every single game it's always somebody different and I was watching these guys on the bench and just see every time something happens they're congratulating one another proud of one another and that's just the ultimate team it must be awesome to be part of but now we shift our focus to the men's game where we got the london lions and the leicester riders the matchup we all been waiting for all season both teams playing at a high level who's it gonna be isaiah reese is it gonna be gino crandell mark lovin i can't call her but i'm gonna give leicester riders the edge right now we have to stay tuned and see we'll be back Three seconds to go. London Lions down by three points. This is what we asked for. We got the two best teams going toe-to-toe. I'm hyped. You can't hear anything in here. It's a capacity crowd. Let's see, baby. Final possession. Final possession of the season. Woo! I could take a deep breath now. What a game. What a day. What a win for British basketball. 16,000 people in here strong. And we got the teams we wanted. We got the game we wanted come down to the final possession. And then the stars came out. Gino Crandell, Isaiah Reese, they put on a show. What a day for British basketball. And I'm just excited and proud to be part of it. And, and this is only the beginning for our league. And we see a trajectory this way so make sure you guys continue to support continue to follow because it's going to take a village for us all to get to where we're trying to go and that is your Alaska look back great look back Mr. Alaska as always and uh, let's introduce let's hear the the thoughts of Mr. Alaska catching up with Kieran Achara and Matthew Brian Manning. all right we're live here at the O2 for the BBL show. Jay, I don't know where you at. I found your replacement anyway. I got my right-hand man, Karen Achai. Karen, firstly, just put in perspective the atmosphere and the environment today. Honestly, 
you know me and I'm going to get the digs in early. I, I've never got to play these big events like this, you know. <laughs> but this was a real credit to British basketball. Yeah. The fans were wild, having fun, entertaining games. It was just a joy to be here. Yeah, we, I mean, obviously this is the matchup we wanted all year and, and it lived up to the billing like you had the superstars, Isaiah Reese, Gino Crandell step up to the bill. You had the role players, you had a game of runs. Like, what's your overall thoughts of the game in its entirety? I just think it, it did it justice, you know. It yeah. was one of those things that lived up to the billing, you know. And I was really impressed with the way the London Lions came out. You know, yeah. they, were, they were hungry, they wanted it. But the, the way Leicester Riders stayed composed, found a way to dig it out, had two massive quarters defensively, and that was the game. Yeah, and that's the thing that we've been talking about all year when it comes to the Leicester Riders. They just don't get rattled. I mean, I, I was sitting in comms right next to the Leicester Riders bench, and after that first quarter, I was really paying attention because, you know, sometimes these games, they can kind of, you know, bring the emotion out. And I saw everybody on the bench get up and shake everybody's hand that was coming out on the court because the guys that was coming off kind of looked de dejected. They were down by 10. And I, once I saw those guys sit down, I didn't see any ounce of panic. I mean, where do you think that comes from? I think it comes from, you know, great recruitment, first and foremost. I think they've got some great level-headed recruiting, you know, and it's more than just the basketball. Rob and, yeah. and his team, they've, they've recruited players that he knows are going to be good teammates, handle those situations. And you know, with Rob's experiences as well, you know, we all talk about him being hot-headed, he is a, a, you know, he's a player coach. Yeah. You know, he, he lives and breathes that. So he helped steady the fort there too. Definitely. Yeah, and, I mean, it was a who's who in the crowd and whatever. What better who to have than this guy right here, NBA. He says he's on the grind, getting himself ready back for the season. So, you know, teams, open up your pocketbooks. I mean, what's, you know, what's, the, what's, what's, what's what kind of salary cap we need to be working with to bring you in next Let's year? Let's break it open so I can come <laughs> back. You know what I mean? Nah, um, I'm healthy though. That's what, that's what. That's what's best, as long as, as long as we're healthy, come back, as long as we have a, as much British talent as we can in the, in the league. It's better for the league, you know? Well, let's get your perspective, because we were just trying to paint this picture for everybody on the BBL show, the environment. Obviously, you played all around the world. Like, what do you, what do you take from this? From it, 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 sometimes it's hard to believe that this is actually British basketball, what we saw here today. Like, even me, I'm posting. I'm posting on my story like this is how it's supposed to be, you know what I mean? Have 16,000 people coming out to watch the two top teams in, in the UK come out and, and do their thing. And I think, like I said, as, as long as uh, the, the best of the best are able to come back and the BBL gives them opportunities to come back, I think it's a good thing for the sport, a good thing for the country and just possible as a whole to be able to, you know, promote and, and become uh, a household name, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, what, I mean, we just broke down the game. What did you see from your vantage view of the 40 minutes of this same three-point game? <laughs> yeah, for sure. But um, I think it's Leicester did what Leicester does, you know what I mean? They play even kill for 40 minutes. When Lions had their big run in the beginning, when they were down 10, Leicester played the same way. You wouldn't be able to tell. If you watch the game, didn't know the score, you wouldn't know if Leicester's up 10, down 10. Leicester point. does what they do. So... Going into the second half, you know, Lions again had a big, a nice little run, got up 10, then they went down. I think um, ultimately it's a team game. So usually at the end of, end of 40 minutes or end of a season or whatever it may be, um, Leicester has been has shown they're a consistent team. They're able to go out there and do what, do what they do for 40 minutes. And as long as they do that, they usually end up on the right side of the, uh, at the end of the game.
Well, it's good to see you around. You've been present throughout these whole playoffs, and we've been watching your story, seeing you grind, getting yourself back on the court. So we hope to see you on the floor next year so we can talk shit about you. That, that, that's exactly what I'm thinking. Yeah. I don't mind. I don't mind you. It's yeah. this oh, one. He can't talk. Okay, yeah, because cool. right now I see him, his gates moving. He's, he's, got, yeah. he's got his swag back. Yeah. I want him to mess up. Yeah. Make mistakes. <laughs> this and is I'm exactly say, what is. What next? What's yeah. your excuse now? Well, you just heard him there. So next year when he on the court, not talking negative about him. I don't want right. to see you in my right. DM. It's all right. That's no problem. I want to see. No ah, you know, he lost no a little bit of his lift, and he in my DM. So no, he gave no, me. No, he gave us. He gave us the leeway to call it how we see it. <laughs> so we'll play this tape back. But yeah. So let's let's just first of all let's talk about um, quickly before we wrap this up. Let's talk about the stars. So we had. Um, Isaiah Reese, just talk about his performance today. I think he came in, he saw the venue, and he was thinking, this is I league. I totally agree. This is league ready. This <laughs> is an NBA arena. Yeah. I'm about yeah. to put on a show. And he, he he knew it was his last game, no matter what. He was going out swinging, you know. His, probably his agent speaking to him, you know, go put on a show. And he did that. He, he delivered. You know, he really stepped up. Yeah, I mean, he showed us tonight or today what he could have been all season. And I said it all year long. The only person that can guard Isaiah Reese was himself. And there was a lot of times he just didn't look interested. He didn't look motivated. But I totally agree with you because I was thinking that before the before the game. I, I was thinking he's going to have a big game because he know that he's getting on that plane to go back home <laughs> next week. And then he's also thinking about, you know, that next contract because, I mean, that's how obviously every guy, everyone's thinking. So I wasn't surprised to see his performance. I just wish we could have had – a lot more from him. I mean, what's your thoughts on him this year? Did you get a chance to see him? Yeah, um, I just think it's tough. Uh, he's clearly a very talented guy. Yeah. Um, he can go out there and do what he wants. And I think sometimes he, I wouldn't say gets bored, but like you get complacent, yeah. you know what I mean? Sometimes, um, not to take away from anything that he did this season, but I think Lester is a kind of, how Lester was this whole season was kind of kind of how he should have been this whole season. Yeah, if you're better than your competition or whatever, go out there, show it night in and night out. I think sometimes when you get complacent, you take tough shots, bad shots, but you're just out there kind of going through the motions. Um, not saying that he wasn't playing hard, but just, you know, kind of having fun with it when at the end of the day, it's your job. You got to be serious 24-7. Yeah, let me ask you guys this, because if you look at Gino Crandell's statistics and you're just a casual and you don't watch any of these games and you say, how can a guy averaging 13 points and six assists a game get MVP of a league. So why is he the MVP? To me, it's going back to, you know, I, I think of the old Leicester Riders. Leicester Riders of old, none of them were in the team of the year, but they, they, yeah. they won the league and everyone was averaging 10, 11 points. Yeah. What Gino has the ability to do is to turn it up at both ends of the court. He gets the big steals, you know, makes the big shots. He makes the big's job look a lot easier. You know, his pick and roll play, his reads from that. So he was just, to me, he was just locked in and did whatever it took to win. But then his minutes could reduce as well. He didn't have to play big minutes. He didn't care about time on the court, whatever. I need to play 35, 45, whatever it needed to be. He just thought about what can I do to help my team win? And he, he delivered every single game with that. Yeah, that's what I like about him. He's a humble superstar. I never, ever see him, because you know how it is. We've been playing a long time. You could tell that moment in the game, someone's looking, oh, shoot, I only got six points, man. Let me hurry up and get mine. <laughs> He just he's content with it. There's been several games where he scores single digits and and you've had an opportunity to play with him on the court last year and then you got to watch him this year. What's the difference in his game from this year to last year? I think he's just maturing. Uh the older you get, 
um, you realize it's not always about your stats. It's not always about that. Um, coaches will like you, respect you. And even when you're talking about next year, the contracts and all that, they see he's a winner. Yeah. Um, Leicester were really talented last year, and they, they didn't come away with as much silver as they wanted. Obviously, this year, his numbers may have gone down, but he has, he has the ability to control a game. You know what I mean? So he's he's out there. He manipulates pick and rolls very, very well. He makes, as you said, guys guys get easier shots, whether it be uh, Darian Nelson, Henry, or Mo Walker, even um, Whelan, uh, Patrick Whelan. Yeah. Um, he had a hell of a year, um, led them in scoring and everything, and people were talking about him for MVP. But a lot of his open shots are coming off Gino's assists. So people, what basketball insiders will see is how, how easy he makes the game for everybody else around him. And I think coaches see it and obviously it's the coaches vote in, in to go in who's MVP and who's the most valuable player and they he's a he's an engine he's a head of the snake he, he makes everything easier for everybody else and he just plays his game yeah I'm glad that someone got rewarded by playing the right way but as we wrap this thing up let's just reflect to the last play because I mean being around this guy my analyst game has stepped up because I called it exactly how I said Lester was going to get down early then they were going to make a run and um and and London when thing when the adversity hit the difference was is that Leicester got somebody they can look towards. And I question, I say, who can London look towards when things start going to a disarray? And we talk about it, the last play of the game, they're down three, and talk about that final play. Yeah, I mean, I was shocked. You know, obviously, from a fan entertainment perspective, you want to get a shot off. Yeah. You know, make or miss, it's, it's, it's more entertaining. To turn the ball over, had Isaiah Reese taken the ball out, who'd, one of the players who'd been making some threes, they brought Kujini back into the game. I thought it was a fake, you know, to think that Kujini was going to get the ball, but that was that was essentially the play, and they just weren't able to complete it. And it was, you know, I guess it was an anti-climax. I was, yeah. you know, I, you know, you want to critique, you know, I'm thinking, why is Isaiah Reese not getting a work? You know, why are they not running this, why are they not running that? But clearly, the play just didn't work in the end of the day, and, and that's it. That's 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 season over. You know, no silverware, season season over. But at the same time. You kind of got a glimpse of what that rivalry could be, yeah. you know, that, and that to me, that's what you know, the job we're doing now that brings the, the entertainment value. That that could be a great, great rivalry for years to come. Yeah, no, you're right. I wanted the last play to either be this thing erupt because we're going into overtime, or we hear the ah, and then you see Leicester Riders running in the middle and jumping. But London Lions obviously clearly got the biggest budget in the league. Is their season a success or a failure? That's a tough one. Um, it's hard to take because they had a lot of changes this year. Um, when you're in the game or you know the game, you know it's not easy. You have having head coach. I think they had three head coaches yeah. this year. You're going through a lot of things. So I wasn't surprised about some of their losses. I, I, I was very, I would say proud, but I'm very excited the way they were able to turn things around. You know what I mean? Making it to a playoff final. As you guys know, like making it to any any final is not easy, especially the playoff final out, out of all of them. Season's ending. Everybody's kind of had their wear and tear. Guys are kind of getting tired now. They want to, Americans want to go home. Guys want to, you know, looking forward to their off season. But for them to be able to at least make it to, to the playoff final is big for them. Um, I don't know if I could say it's success or a failure. Um, <laughs> Sitting on the fence, he's trying to play black contract. Yeah, he's playing black contract. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, he's still an active player, so we totally they're trying understand. To, they're, trying to, they're trying to get me, you know what I mean, to say some words, so so I'll be on Twitter or Instagram tomorrow. But, nah, I don't know. Um, it's tough. I think, obviously, from a management perspective, 
putting the money that they put in, it's, they wouldn't see it as a um, as a success as they, you know, come away this year without any any silverware. But I think with all the mishaps of the season, I think it's successful at least getting getting to this point. I'm gonna see it. I was just about to say I'm about to tee you up. He he doesn't play anymore, so we know he's not playing for a contract. Success I'm going to say it. It is not a success. They, they haven't had a successful season. But what they did get from this is they got that belief back at least. Yeah. Like, they're close. You know what I mean? They were right there. You know, a couple of shots changes the whole dimension of this. But they're, 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 they have the time to learn. And that's what they're doing. Leicester have a complete head start. You know, they've been winning for years now. But London are now close from a, from a men's perspective. You know, they, they've, they've, they've worked out the keys from the women's perspective. Now they're, they're close with the men's perspective. And I'm really, really excited to see what goes on next season. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, I'll split it up into two when we look at the European because people sometimes forget because it almost felt like a lifetime ago. When it comes to Europe, it was an absolutely success. I mean, no one was expecting them to go as far as they did. Um, obviously, in the BBL, I think it was just a failure, and it was and it was more just about mentality than, than anything. They just didn't, and I think Lester Riders they used the word all year. Patrick Whelan in one interview, they just weren't committed to the process. You know what I mean? And and we just said it at the top of the show that. You're playing with 160 other pro guys. Just because you got London on your chest and just because you're making more money, guys ain't going to roll over. If anything, yeah. that makes them motivated because they're like, I want to be in your spot. I want to be in your position. So, um, you know, moving forward, I'll give it to them for willing to invest in a team um, for two years on the trot and hopefully they continue. But, um, you know, I think if they just take some accountability and, and just look at the whole picture and just say, hey, we need to clean this up, clean that up, clean this up then I think it could be a success moving forward because we need them to be good. Yeah, but sure. I also will say that I hate to make excuses for people, but I did it for myself my whole career, all right? Injuries did plague them. And I believe that that European grind, you know, heightens your opportunities to get injured. You know, a lot of travel going on and even managing that was a difficult thing. That's a, They're going to have a learning curve from that as well because that takes a lot out of you. Now, see if you, you approach it the same as you usually do, you're more likely to get hurt because it's, yeah. it's it is a, a, you know, the, the load, just the travel alone takes it so much out of the players. So players have to adapt to even playing in that European competition and then finding a way to then bring it. So I, I was always talking about the best teams that I'd played against in other leagues. So say you're, you're playing in like a likes of a Greece, yeah. Panathinaikos, Olympiakos, what they would do after European competitions is they would blow you out in that first quarter and then they could chill, you know? They had that mindset of like, okay, let's start strong and deflate the hopes of any team that we're playing against and then we can chill because we know that European is really important to us. But I feel that, they, like you mentioned before, they disrespected the league yeah. and they just never got going the same way. They never had that killer instinct within the league play. And I think if they did that, they would have been able to manage the players a lot better and a lot easier to keep them prepped and keep them healthy for, for European competition. Yeah, well, I mean, that wraps up um, the season and couldn't wrap it up a, a better way. And ho hopefully you guys saw the news that we will be back for season three on Sky Sports. And that's great news for the league. And hopefully we're able to take that to another level. Hopefully these teams can take everything they do to another level and we can show a better product that we did in year two in year three and if we do um it, i always say that it takes a a village to get this league moving in the right direction it ain't just the players it's all those content creators that's out there on social media doing all that stuff for free and everybody plays a role so just continue to know that um you're making a difference and pushing our league forward and um and we'll see you guys back 
in season three on this show. The, the, the show. show. There we are. <laughs> We're working on it still, I promise you. <laughs> Great catch up right there. Unbelievable final thoughts. But I'm going to hand the controls over to you, Mr. Alaska, and let's get our final thoughts before we sign off for season two of the BBL show. Yeah, it was it was a good little chat that we had, uh, that initial reaction right off. But, you know, the only reaction that we're missing, Jay, is, is from your perspective. Obviously, you got to see it on, on television. So just touch on how did it all come across? Did it? I mean, because being in there, it didn't even feel like British basketball. And you're right about that comment. It, I mean, it felt like the big time. It felt like it was the yeah, NBA. Yeah, I mean, first of all, the, the, the thing that really stood out to me was just how full the O2 was, like how amazing that was to see. And, you know, we oh, man. we have a product that's that's right there. It really genuinely is right there. And we've got to get that fan base that we see in the O2 going crazy. We've got to get that to translate for a whole entire season. And, and once we can do that, watch out, guys. You know, so a lot of people, you know, kind of knock the BBO at times, but it's not that far away. And with some exciting investment, and the work that's going behind the scenes to produce this final in particular, just it was absolutely incredible. And it, it was an amazing experience for, you know, I, I love the show out for the WBBL final. That's a huge saying for, for, for the women's game. That's a huge step forward yes. um, for that amount of people to be able to see in that incredible team, you know, that for them to get to see the London Lions women's team for perhaps even their first showing of WBBO basketball. What a, what a great show. And then going into the finals, you, you always hope it's going to be uh, exciting and it's going to have its twists and turns. And, um, you know, we talk about basketball as a game of runs. Well, that definitely was there. And, um, you know, whilst absolute props and, and, and the, the rightful MVP was chosen, there were so many subplots and so many little storylines in there of unsung heroes. You know, I'm thinking, I'm looking yes. at Connor Washington. You know, I'm looking at Jabril Adekoya. I'm even looking at Chris Tawia, you know, like for the Lions, you know, these are three, three players awesome. that, you know, probably won't get talked about that much, but deserve a lot of credit for making this final an unbelievable finale. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and, a, and a good shout on the women's game. And I was happy to see that it was competitive throughout most into obviously the last probably 10 minutes, but Seven Oaks really held their own against that London juggernaut there. And then, you know, transition into the men's game. I think, I mean, we, we both knew that Riders would win, but I know for me, I didn't see that performance coming from London. It was just the hunger, a desire that we hadn't seen from them all season long. I mean, guys getting on the floor, getting into other guys defensively. And just, um, you know, for me, I just feel like, and I, I said it at the end of the show that, that's the London we wanted to see all season that we expected and kind of feel robbed because we're left with what if, you know, that team, we would have saw that version of that team all season long. But, I mean, what did you think of the matchup itself, the game? Did you see it playing out the way that it did, being nip and tuck throughout? Um, I, I truly hoped that we would get the best London Lions that, that we could possibly get, you know, and, and they really, really tested. I, I said in a tweet before, that you know the Leicester Riders have shown that culture can beat finance and um you know they truly tested that culture they really did you know that there, there was uh, that moment in late in the third where you wondered if 
if it was going to slip away for the riders. I, I truly wondered how they were going to get back in the game. And that's that's why I give a shout out to Connor Washington, who just showed huge cojones with a couple of those shots that, wow, you know, just unbelievable. Reese really showed up. So it was, it was, you know, the battle of, you know, arguably the two best players in the league going up against each other. That was absolutely fascinating. But I just think... A few things stood out to me with the Lions. They just went through huge stretches where they were trying to do it themselves. I think towards the, the end of the game, they finally got Kajini going and then they kind of left him off and, and decided to ride without him, which was interesting. And, you know, ultimately, I think they paid the price for just not quite having that cohesion, you know, so they definitely had the talent. Love going back to what Coach Vince said as well, you know, like he called it, he, he said Washburn would have to have a big game for them to win. And, um, you know, I really felt there were large portions of the game where, where he kind of went missing when they, when they needed something a little bit extra. Because Reese could do no more. Like, what, what was more going to come from that stat line than he could already do? You know, I felt like Kelly didn't necessarily show up on the big stage. Dirk Williams was very subdued. So, but as on the flip side of the, the Leicester Riders, w- would you imagine them lifting the trophy with Mark Lovin with a zero point, a donut? Could you have seen that happening? You know, Pat Whelan for the probably the first time all season, a little bit quiet. Yeah, I think he only had yeah, two which points. Which is crazy. On, if, if you I told me Mark Lovin a donut, Pat Whelan too, are they winning that game? I'm probably saying no, but, <laughs> you know, that's the culture and people come in and, you know, credit to Kimball. He kind of got into Reese late in the game and got into his head a little bit and, and made that a little bit of a psychological battle. And, you know, Washington came on, was great. Adekoya came on, was really, really solid. And then, uh, you know, ultimately, you know, Gino needed a little bit of rest, ran out of some juice, and they gave him enough minutes to keep him in the game. And he came in and just, you know, there was a couple times there where it was like watching old school Gladiator, right? Where where he was like, are you not entertained? Like, he just (laughs) loved that moment. Like, he could get that moment of of showboating in the middle of a huge final where it's going right down to the stretch. I mean, that's the measure of the man, the player and the entertainer that he is. So, um, yeah, I was, I was wholly satisfied with, with that game. Only thing that I think was like a little bit, was a little bit silly from a television point of view, watching it on the TV. Of course, I'm, I'm gutted I wasn't there, but just picking up on the fact that, you know, Lions head coach wasn't coaching. It, it was the other guy, this guy that sat in the background for such a long time was was making all the plays and, you know, there were messages being passed around the team and stuff like that. They just really have to sort that stuff out. Like one, it just didn't look right, you know, and then he's doing the, the, the conference at the end. It was just all a bit silly, you know, and then also for that continuity going into mm-hmm. next season, just get your guy, like get your guy and... uh you know, and ride with it. Because my thoughts are as if it, if they'd have stuck with Coach Vince all season, they definitely wouldn't have done any worse and they maybe would have done a little bit more. So that's kind of my final thoughts on them. And then, you know, riders just deserved it every step. Uh, you know, like you said, they've they've done it all season. They've been the most consistent. They've been the best. That was the cherry on top, if you like, I think, for them. Yeah, no, you brought up some good points in particular with the coaching situation. And I and I said it on a couple of shows back that I felt like they should have just um, Vince to just ride it out to the end of the season. And if you want to make that change, because you're right, they wouldn't have been any worse than what they were 
this season. And, and, and you're also correct about, you know, moving forward. And I don't know what's the issue or what the plans is in, in regards to who will become the head coach. But like you mentioned, just whoever you want it to be, just, you know, make it happen. However you need to make it happen. We understand that there's paperwork involved as well. And so, you know, just a lot of stuff to get cleaned up. And I, I had an opportunity to speak to a, a couple of guys from 777 after the game and and um, it was a really good, positive conversation because there's been question marks or people who have been questioning how can a, a entity own a team and practically own a league. And and um, although they, you know, their interest is in the London Lions, they were happy of how it all unfolded. Mm-hmm. Their priority is British basketball. So that was really, really positive to hear. And uh, some good guys as well. Got an opportunity to catch up with Brett Berman again you know, before and after. And, and he's a good dude. I really, really enjoyed my conversations with him. And, and I know there's been question marks around him as well. And, and um, I think this was a great year for him in regards to just getting that, that experience, learning how British basketball operates and with his mind and with his, his experience that he brings to the table, I believe that he'll be able to clean some things up and, and, and get the job done. So um, like we always mention here, we want London to do well mm. and, you know, we need them to do well if the league is going to grow. So hopefully they get that stuff cleaned up moving forward and come back stronger. And um, But the last thing before we move on from the game that I want to t- pick your brain about that I've been seeing on Twitter today was, was that final play. What's your thoughts on that? On, on that um, on, I totally on the, agree on with Dave call. Forrester. You know, I, th- I think actually it was a really well-run play. It just wasn't executed by the players. You know, when you look at that particular play, if you if you slow it down and you watch it back, you can see that they weren't ready for that play. Like the riders were set up for that play to work. You know, just sadly, you had a big that slipped instead of hit the screen. And, um, you know, ultimately that kind of ended the game. But it's it's always tough in that situation, right, to try and disguise a play I, th- I think it was a good play I think it was well worked it just was poorly executed and that's the way it goes right like it doesn't always come off but it doesn't mean necessarily it was a bad play it just I just think it was executed poorly yeah and if he if he makes it everyone is saying how great a coach they have over there on the sidelines so you know it's a make or miss league and like Dave Forster said on Twitter, we ran that play against London City Royals and we had never practiced that play or ran it ever and so um, I've, I've mentioned this on the show before. In those type of situations, it's not always your best guys. You got to have smarts on the floor in those type of situations to be able to execute something like that. I just felt like they got the inbounder wrong. I'm keeping Reese in there because he. The difference in the play we ran for Kai Williams, who hit that shot when we threw it on the opposite side, opposite corner, is we had Fletch on the strong corner on a block, and we had him pop up to the top and you already thinking like that's where the attention is going to go so you get the attention of the inbounder and Fletcher's man you know who are occupied and so by not having Reese on the floor you know you lose a the the biggest threat there in the game so if I think they could have redone it I just would have kind of reshuffled the personnel I would have had Washburn making that pass Um, he's a bit stronger he's a bit bigger can see over the defense and so that's the only adjustment that I I would have made but but like you mentioned it was good it just wasn't executed and so and that's the ball game there and and that's to wrap up the season which has been a crazy year I mean you spoke it into existence the season was kind of mundane and nothing was happening and as soon as you came on the airways and mentioned it bang 
out the blue. The season just literally made a U-turn and it was every week. We had storylines for days and it ended up being fun to cover, you know, and, um, you know, we finished off the season with these end of season awards. We had the, you know, the coach defensive team and, and Great Britain. I'll just start off and just getting your thoughts on if you um, saw things a little bit differently from the coaches defensive team of the year. We got Kyla Ketty. We got Washburn. We got Austin from Cheshire. We got Jamel Anderson from Manchester. And then we got Jordan Harris from Glasgow. No, I think Any that, disagreements there? I think that was a pretty, pretty good solid picks there. When you look overall, I think that, uh, you know, like you said, you got, you got Kelly as the rim protector, all the way down to Larry Orson Jr., who's just one of the toughest guards we've seen in this league for a long time. You know, strong, fearless defender that were, that wasn't afraid to take on anyone. And then everything in between, we know we know what Washburn was brought in to be. You know, a three and a D guy. Jamal has been doing it. You know, he, he you should probably just write his name in there every year because he's a fantastic defender. And then you you finish with Harris, who's a who's just can lock people down, but also can sky it too. You know, he can get up just like Kelly. So, yeah, no complaints there for me. Yeah, the only interesting thing for me was, I'm assuming that, well, I'm not assuming, it's telling that these coaches are voting this as individual defenders and not team because Harris is an impact defender. Um, I wouldn't say necessarily say he's a great on ball. Similar to Kelly, they both come from the weak side and they change shots. But, you know, the Glasgow Rocks were the worst defensive team in the league. So, that's the only question mark that I might have and, and not having any Lester Riders on there. Like I probably would have had Patrick Whelan on there somewhere. I just feel like Lester needs a representative, right? You're holding teams to 70 points a game. They are a great team defense, but yeah. they have some it's, great it's individual pick, guys as well. You but, know, um, you know, it, the coaches, what, they, what I love about these awards is they're yeah, so yeah. subjective because you don't truly know what the what the remit is like even when i was doing the votes for the wbbl you're not you're not truly sure what the remit is so it's your interpretation as a coach of of what you're looking at you know so like you said riders have been doing it all year and you know i think i think gino as well but i, I just think he's probably not going to get that nod because of you know the fact that he's winning everything else as well you know but arguably he he could be right up there what about team of the year? We got Isaiah Reese, we got Dan Clark, Darren Nelson Henry, Patrick Whelan, and Gino Crandell. Yeah, tough one. Any really. question marks I, I, there? We've had a conversation about it. I think I think um, the the weird one in some respects is Dan Clark. You know, I think that yeah. uh, maybe a lot of the voting was done off of uh, of kind of respect for him in terms of the impact that he's going to have on the league. You know, him coming into the league was was probably the most exciting piece of the off-season, you know, more exciting than even the London signing. So, you know, the impact that he's brought into the league has been huge. You know, great start. And, um, you know, for me, it's nothing to do with him as an individual, but I think it's more to do with the fact that, obviously, you know, injured for, for a good portion of it and just found it hard to get a rhythm in the second half of the season. So, a little bit surprised to see that one in, yeah, in there. You know, maybe a Jordan Johnson, but again, team not necessarily following him in the right direction. Yeah, I'm thinking Dirk Williams for sure. I would probably have squeezed him in instead of Dan Clark. 
just because of the body of work that we saw from Dirk Williams. He was an MVP conversation. And like you say, that, that respect, I mean, that pick for Dan is probably a respect pick. You know, he has come in there and changed the culture, changed the mindset of the organization, got him moving in the right direction. So no shade at him. I just don't think that he was definitively say he was one of the top five best players in this league. And uh, I mean, his t- I would say his point guard was Manchester Giants best player. But, yeah, I mean, you got to take someone out to put somebody in. My only guy I would have probably squeezed in there was Dirk Williams. I liked the season he had. He missed the last seven games for injury, but um, I don't think that should have hurt his his case in any way. But And then, obviously, you got Coach Rob and Gino as MVP and Coach of the Year, and, and I don't have any – I mean, we both said this last week. We made these picks, and there were some Plymouth City Patriot fans that popped out. You mentioned in your Marriott Minute – some said that PJ should be coach of the year, and then the guard there slips my name, but he he felt like oh, maybe Antonio, he should be Antonio in the team Williams, or even yeah, MVP like, in fans. Yeah. I, I, it just hasn't been. It Antonio, just wasn't there. Yeah, long Antonio Williams. Like, I mean, day, I, I'll, like, I'll, I'll, people get the the blinders on when they're looking at it from that perspective, and at the end of the day, like it would just be incredibly tough to not give the treble winning coach coach of the year. Like you you can't you know just because it was a first-year franchise and, and they have a remarkable story. They should really, really celebrate that story. And, and Coach James played a big part in that. And also so did Antonio Williams. And Antonio Williams played a big part. The Patriots are a big part of the very beginning of why this league became exciting because all of a sudden the roof came off with them and created this massive story at the bottom because there wasn't much of a story going on at top. You know, like everyone has to be honest about the league was done. Everybody knew where that was heading. So they they definitely started the revolution, but you just have to give them a little asterisk of, you know, thanks and gratefulness for the for the season they had, but they're not in that conversation. I'll put it to bed by saying this. The award is a coach of the year is a season award, is not coach of half a season. And PJ's done a wonderful job and the Plymouth City Patriots have had a great half a season. So there's no way it's not, you know, like you say, it's not a, a feel good award. It's about who's been the best coach the whole year. I mentioned about it last week, how, you know, when we won all four and fab didn't get the coach of the year, I couldn't understand that. And so you cannot take greatness for granted. And I'm glad that the coaches didn't take Gino and Rob Paternostro for granted this year. We reward the best and, Everybody else, you know, step yeah, your game no, 100%. up. Hundred percent. But uh, like I said, it, it, it's been an amazing season for so many reasons, and I think that finale just epitomised everything about it. And if and if anything, it's just made things more exciting. It hasn't been an end of season as in definitive. Now there's so many question marks. How are London going to bounce back from this? Like you said, like you know, I agree with you. Like every time we have a conversation with Brett Berman, he's, he's really intelligent and he would have learned this season to uh, taken this season to learn. And, and I'm sure they're going to come back and, and be ready to go. Lots of narratives. Now Mark Stewart in at coach at Newcastle Eagles, what's going to happen there? You know, where are the Patriots playing next season? The list goes on. It's incredible. Mm. You know, will, will Leicester riders take that next step into Europe? You know, I love it. It's just exciting. I don't feel like it's the end, if that makes sense. I think, like, we're only just getting started. And with you guys, you know, I, I, I want to take this opportunity before I thank everybody else in this podcast just to say how proud I have been been of you, like, taking this step. Obviously, choosing to retire and taking this crazy step. In, you've really just kind of jumped in to the next step in your um, in your career 
and embraced it hugely like I haven't been able to let go of the playing side of things like you have I'm sure there are days where you miss it and stuff like that but at the end of the day you jumped into that project of Sky Sports you've been amazing this season you've been able to consistently been there so I haven't had to listen to you moan about missing out you know oh, I should have been there you've been at every single event but you've held it down you've represented us you've you've helped us to grow because you're being seen so just want to say I'm proud of you buddy because uh you know, that's not easy, that transition. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. It's been a fun ride, and I'm so thankful for the opportunity and thankful that we got, you know, renewed for another year. So be back in the saddle with those guys. And, I mean, everyone there is a professional, and, and I, you know, iron sharpens iron, and I, I, I really work hard at it because I don't want to let anyone down. I, I, I understand that, and I've mentioned this several times before, that, this league isn't just about the players. Everyone plays a role to this podcast, to the other podcasts out there, to the content creators, to the photographers, the videographers, like everyone plays a role in growing this league. And so, you know, you want to do it to the best of their ability. You know, I want to take time to thank you. You've been, and people don't know how incredibly busy you've been. Um, a CEO and also a coach balancing that. And then also consistently being here every week where you've been on the road traveling. So just, you know, thankful for your commitment and, and uh, to us, to the show, to the people, and then the people behind the scenes, you know, Corey, Johnny, you know, consistently pushing us to get better and having those hard <laughs> conversations with us and, and um, being very passionate about trying to move the show forward and, and Yvonne, the role that she plays on here and, and give BBL fix a shout as well. Like he does some, some hunting for us five as well. Six. So everyone six, plays baby. a role with this. And, and like Ooh, you mentioned, keeping a shot five or six as well, you know, our guy, yeah, man, Pete, Kieran bird, keeping those graphics looking professional. And then just the community for embracing us and, and uh, taking time out of your week to spend an hour with us every week. And so we're really, really thankful here and really looking forward to carrying this show on. And just like you mentioned, Jay, the storylines don't die. So this show keeps moving, baby. I mean, you didn't even mention, will Gareth Murray come back as player or coach? Or will he retire? So it's so much stuff out there. And, um, you know, I feel like the show is going to be maybe even more entertainment in the offseason. So we're going to go and follow the storyline. So we will be here for you guys. Same place, same time. Show. Here on the show. And that's a wrap season two, baby. We'll see you in the summertime. Peace out. Thanks for listening to the BBO show. The BBO show is a 21 media original podcast produced by Corey Mallory with your host, Jay Marriott and Drew Lasker. Keep up to date with the show by following the BBO on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, where you can find details on future episodes, events, and fan interaction. Until next time.